is BYOT. Bring your own tacos. Dick swinging. Swinging. You're listening to American Slacker Podcast. We can say fuck. We can say fuck. With Matthew Gertz and Jesse Landers. I don't care. I've been smoking. This is cool. That's a decent amount of sausage. This man Yo. needs a doctor. Yeah. I just hope they're tasty. What's up with these clowns, man? Cut the lights and went through people's pockets. Don't you point that at each other. Let them smoke a little. You need to like step it up to that point. <laughs> we're not gonna. We're not gonna lead with the. We're not gonna lead. Oh. <laughs> What you drinking, what you smoking, we got buds and brews, beers and blunts, dabs and drafts, pints and joints, bowls and bubbly, we're getting higher than student loan interest, and drunker than Mr. Leahy. What are you drinking, Matt? Tell us, please. We, the people want to know. I've got a list, because I got a sampler that I crafted myself, and uh, I'm going to give you a couple of them, because there was a bunch of losers, and we're going to, that's that's the privilege of us trying these out. Oh, yeah. Is you, get to, you get to avoid the shitty ones, and I give you the good ones. So, what if? so, we're going to start out with Flying Dogs, doggy style, pale ale. And I've got to say, it's the winner of the night. It was a uh, real subtle, it had a uh, piney aftertaste. Fight of really the night. Liked it. Really good. I really enjoyed this one. And uh, another surprise one that I really enjoyed, one that you can easily get, is called Cold Snap by Sam Adams. Really that good. That one it's sounded interesting. Ale. Had some uh, spices. It's a winter brew. I really fucking enjoyed that one too, and uh, one more. I, I know I'm going greedy with this, but uh, <laughs> Captain Lawrence. This is a really cool uh, New York brewery, and uh, they got this fresh Chester Pale Ale, and I've got to say that was a. This is a robust ale. This is like good. Oh, like, you I had like another that beer one. tonight that was called a robust ale, and that was not. It was a shitty complex flavoring, and it was just too much tango going on. <laughs> and this one. This one actually had a good palate. I really enjoyed it. Um, you can start off with it. It's not one of those beers that you need to have a couple other beers to work your flavor tastings to. Yeah, you know? like some of the some of the ones that you picked out there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've got to say, yeah, worthy of checking out. Fresh Chester Pale Ale coming at you from New York. Nice. And I got Mississippi Mud. It is a famous slow brewed black and tan. It's a mix of a porter and a pilsner, and it comes in okay. a the like pint size cans, which got like a cool ass alligator on it. And the taste is it does not, look really cool. The taste is not bad at all, and it's rare. I don't know. It's rare for me to see like black and tans like on the shelf. I feel like I haven't ventured into that section of the beer store too much. Mm. Yeah, but I but really yeah, enjoy. It's always this. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I always, uh, <clears throat> I'm wary about black and tans. I, the only one I really can recall is, like, yingling black and tan. Yeah. And that's, like, a yingling. That so one, that's like one that immediately watery. comes to mind for me, too. But this one's pretty good. But, this is Mississippi mud. Just look for the brown yeah. can with the crocodile on it. Nice. I like it. And uh, I couldn't think of a more appropriate way to start the show. Welcome to American Slacker Podcast. And as always, I'm Matt. And I'm Jesse. And first off, we'd like to start off the show by thanking our Patreon supporters. First off, Dave Gunn. Big thank you to you. We appreciate the support, man. Yeah, thanks, buddy. We love you. Next, we got Kyle Knoll and Bradford from the Crime Roulette podcast. That's a podcast that covers true crime that you should go check out. 
Awesome show and awesome guys. They'll uh, keep you entertained. Thanks, guys. And then we have Aaron W. of the Yes and I Am podcast. And that is a show where he interviews people doing impressions of celebrities. And it's it's really funny. It's Yeah, it's really, really good. Definitely check it out. And uh, thanks, Aaron. So now we got to give a little bit of love to the podcast community with our pod shout-out pick. And the way this works, we have a pinned tweet with our latest episode on our Twitter account. Anyone who retweets that from a podcast is entered like in our lottery, essentially. And from the tweets, Matt picks a number. So Matt, this week we have 20 retweets, which is a lot more than usual. Hmm, that's a lot of numbers to pick from, and I only get one. That's pretty rough. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to go with lucky number 13. 13. Well, you know what's funny? 13 is the people who won last time. So, really? So, by default, it goes to the next one in line, which is the Hot Spot Podcast. And the Hotspot Podcast is at the Hotspot Pod on Twitter. Their description says, Join Myron and Cash every Wednesday as they discuss entertainment, music, and listeners' favorite life topics. Available on all streaming sites. So definitely go check them out. They have a... Actually, I like their little cartoon logo on Twitter. It's pretty cool. Hell yeah. Check them out. So congratulations to the Hotspot Podcast for winning our pod shout out of the week you'll be on our next pin tweet and be other podcasts be sure to enter next week possibly one so matt what do we got coming up in the show as always we're gonna start out with bizarre news and it's among the most bizarre this week we've got some good shit going on then it's been long overdue but it's time that we step into the green quarter oh yeah and after that, we're going to talk a little bit about video games. Uh, there's a lot going on, especially we'll talk about the games with gold, what you should and shouldn't try. So stick around, and we'll get to that. And with our weird news, we always like to start out with a little bit of weed news. And, you know, a big uh, a big topic right now in the with cannabis in America is Jeff Sessions. Isn't it always, Matt? Ah. <sighs> Fucking Jeff Sessions. This guy never seems to cease. He never stops, and I feel like he's attacking my personal rights. I'm fucking offended. (laughs) Every time I see a picture of this asshole. So keep wearing out. Newsfeed. Well, he's you. You may want to get at him, and so does Senator Cory Gardner of Colorado, who plans to discuss Attorney General Jeff Sessions' decision to rescind a policy allowing the legalized recreational use of marijuana in some states during a meeting on Wednesday. So he's he's taken Sessions to the flagpole after school. They're <laughs> gonna brawl. <laughs> They're going to figure this out. No. Sessions is going to get hung at half mass by his whitey titans. <laughs> I guess. Is that I, what you're telling me? I guess that's what might go down because uh, I, I guess the leverage that Corey Gardner of Colorado has um, over Sessions, you know, well, first off, Colorado, legalized state, they're making a lot of revenue off of this. They have a lot of businesses that probably donate to politicians and they could have a lot of backing. Um, if their if their politicians actually do what the constituents wants, which in this case with Cory Gardner, 
he's backing them. You know, he's trying to give support to the businesses and people in his state by by going against Jeff Sessions in this. And the little bit of leverage that he has, there's Department of Justice nominees that are up for uh, vote, I guess. And Gardner okay. says that he's going to reverse it. If, if the decision's not reversed, he will allow his threats that he made last week to uh, hold up in the confirmation process of the Department Just- of Justice nominees. And the whole um, me- memorandum that is like causing all of this ruckus is called the Cole Memo, and it was established during the Obama era, and it said that federal agents shouldn't be prosecuting states for legalized marijuana businesses. And it's basically saying it should leave it up to states. Yeah, so the federal government should stay out of like the states that have legalized. Yep. You know, it's the California issue that was going on for a decade. Yep, and now uh, Jeff Sessions has rescinded that, or said he's rescinding it, and that's why Corey uh, Gardner here is trying to take him to the flagpole and see if he can Ooh. stand up for states' rights in terms of uh, marijuana legalization. So that's good. I, I hope I hope that uh, Jeff Sessions ends up, as you said, half masked at his whitey tighties over this weed thing because it seems like he's the only person in the country who doesn't want to earn money off of cannabis and have people not be in jail. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think he's the only one, and I think uh, he just got an aid to the fight. Because Mike Tyson has cashed in on marijuana, and uh, he's getting ready to open up a 40-acre marijuana farm. 40 acres, damn. Yeah, 40 acres, and uh, it's amazing because he's already got a a plan destined out. About 20 acres of the land will be used to create high-quality strains of THC and CBD, so it's, you know, medical and recreational. It'll also feature a hydro feed plant and supply store, an extraction facility, an edible factory, premium glamping campgrounds and cabins, an amphitheater for performances, and last but definitely not least, the Tyson Cultivation School to teach new growers. Jeez, he's going all in on the uh, on the cannabis industry. You know, Mike Tyson, you know, former heavyweight champion in the boxing world, he wasn't going to go in half-ass. So no, he decided to go and create the biggest complex there is. He, dude, this is fucking amazing. Um, it's totally right. I mean, Tyson caught some shit. Uh, he tested positive for marijuana in 2000 when it was definitely a bigger thing, you know. So, I mean, he's always he's been on, 18 years he's, now. Yeah. yeah, he's always been down with the cause. <laughs> Well, and that was where is that? That's in California. Yeah, California City, California. Um, <laughs> Which hold up, California City, California, most unoriginal yeah, I, name. That's that's California. what I'm saying, man. Like, come on, really? You that's, can call it anything, yeah, you know? Anything at that point, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's apparently 40 miles out of Death Valley. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's down down south there. That's uh, it's gonna be a nice little uh area go glamping buy some yeah. edibles i guess from mike tyson hey maybe you want to learn how to grow why not learn to grow from fucking Take iron a class mike? <laughs> i wonder he's, he's got a little like edible cooking classes going on and shit dude he's teaching you how to do anything and everything <laughs> well be careful in uh california if you're visiting his ranch 
and you're making you know campfires and stuff it's really dry out here a lot of fires get started very very easily and in redding in redding california a burning spider caused an apartment fire how did the spider burn up an apartment he's using crack crack cocaine and, uh, spiders on crack. Spiders yeah. on crack, man. That's that's the worst kind of spider. It's a, you never it's know what he's gonna spiders. do. He's Unpredictable. Using that torch. No, the uh, the people in the apartment saw a large wolf spider creeping around, and they thought, you know, good idea. Let me burn this sucker. So he pulls out a butane lighter, huh? one of those torch type okay. lighters, and he sets this little thing on fire. Thing the okay. spider cr- takes off across the room goes under a mattress which then sets the mattress on fire i don't know if i believe that a spider was on fire ran far enough to catch a mattress on fire i feel like it was a lot dumber than this is i i can easily see that like i anything like anything small that gets set on fire it's just gonna scurry it's gonna go so it's gonna be freaking the fuck out so, I don't know. It said it. Go on. They said it went under the mattress, which quickly spread. The which caught on fire quickly spread to the flag collection, and then the drapes in the bedroom, which was right oh next to the God. gasoline collection, and near. Of course. <laughs> And of right near those right oily next- rag collections. Oh God! <laughs> and then it was just. Man, it was next to the highly combustible other liquids yeah, yeah. that they had. It Jesus was all, by all those oxygen tanks and a couple of barrels of uh, kerosene. So, no, but the uh, it spread from a flag collection to the drapes in the bedroom. The residents tried to put the fire out with the garden hose, but were unsuccessful, which, good on them. That was mm-hmm. a smart move, trying to grab the garden hose. Good try. Good try. <laughs> Maybe don't set the spider on fire in the first place but mm, yeah. they, I guess the fire cost $11,000 in damage and they can't live there anymore because it's because of the damage that was done to it none of the other apartments were damaged just theirs from this small spider fuego incident so the, uh, the meanwhile not, not so bad of a ending for them they wanted to move out anyway this kind of just jump started the process for them not the best way to get out of your apartment, but I guess it's kind of cool. <laughs> you get to set uh, spider on fire. Kind of cool. You just burn down the apartment for everybody else that has to live in that fucking place. Yeah, no, the, the rest of the apartments were fine in this case, but it could have gone really badly. You know, they needed a, the help of somebody spectacular. Maybe even a superhero. Which one are you thinking? Not just any superhero. I would have called in Batman, but uh, if you called him in, you might have uh, you might have gotten his answer machine because he might have been a little busy. Because apparently, Bruce Wayne has been busy for the last 428 consecutive goddamn days. What's he got going on? Let me tell you what Bruce Wayne's been up to. He's been going to Chipotle, and he's been eating there every goddamn day since October 30th. 2016. Damn. <laughs> That's a, so you get you get a burrito. It's probably what eleven dollars or eight or nine dollars. Well, yeah, Chipotle. Yeah. Every, Apparently he was cheaping day. out. It says the story that I've read. He, it says he's been eating Chipotle's burritos, which are going for around three dollars. I don't know if that was some kind of like specialty little, deal around. Little tiny. Burrito. This was this was October 30th. So I'm wondering if that was like a. Maybe a Halloween special on a burrito. Okay. 
That, know? I mean, but, uh, you can't he's do probably that going for a burrito. Round. How could you do Chipotle? I love Chipotle. I don't know about you. I don't know if they're even out there on the West Coast. But yeah, I no, love Chipotle. They, they have we a get couple. it once a week at least. I, I get it probably once a week too. Actually, I, I hate myself yeah. every time I do. Actually, I switched from the the red salsa to just like mm-hmm. the tomatoes and stuff. Okay, and I feel yeah. a lot better. I don't. <laughs> I go reckless. I don't care. I go for the full red. I just like my stomach um, screams at me if I do. I the never red have sauce. these issues that everybody's like Chipotle away and shit. Like, I never have stomach issues because of Chipotle. It's... I don't get it. Maybe I've got an iron stomach. Yeah, I guess so. Fucking, <laughs> I love Chipotle. This guy loves Chipotle more than me. Um, obviously, we're not talking about the real Batman. This is Bruce Wayne. This is his real name, actually. Hell of a he name. Is a citizen out of Tiffin, Ohio. And uh, in his hometown, he struck this record, which uh, he looked into. And he saw that nobody had reached, you know, anywhere near this time. So he was gold to set it. And he did it. <laughs> and now he's the official Chipotle ambassador. Oh, damn. Brazilian. Got a sponsorship just from eating there. Yeah, man. Who would have known? Just eat there every fucking day and spend a fortune. What the fuck would it cost to eat at Chipotle? 428. That's what I was thinking. Times like nine, I would say, or times ten, even just like even it out, make it ten dollars. You get the kids meal. That's seven bucks. I like the kids meal every now and again. You get a couple tacos. You make them however you want. So it'd be seven times what? 400. 428. Yeah. So we're talking. Let's round it and say seven times 500. Okay, that'd be like 3,500 dollars. Yeah, dude. Exactly. That's a decent chunk of change. Over the deep, course of yeah. like more, a little more than a year, you could have three years of burritos if you made that at home, bro. Oh, now uh, I've been eating a lot of Thai food recently. I like Thai food. Thai, thai food's, food's good not bad spicy. at all. Oh yeah, there's, spicy, yeah. and it's like fresh too. I feel like there's like a lot of like cucumber and mint and stuff like that. Yeah, stuff that you can't let expire. You'll know clearly. Yeah, and, so, and speaking of Thailand, we we have some interesting news out of Thailand. Uh, where politicians are, well, this specific, specific politician has decided to replace himself with a cardboard cutout to answer questions for the media. Ah, oh, this motherfucker. Now, no one let Donald Trump see this. Nobody let him see this. Don't let, if he knows this is an option. He'll be golfing every day. We'll all never day. see him again. We don't get political on this show, but I, I thought that immediately. I was like... He'll be on Twitter twice as much. He cannot see this shit. He will be watching shit. TV for 16 hours instead of the eight hours he, he normally watches. He's already he already doesn't like the journalists and stuff, so he's already he's gonna put a cardboard cutout in the minute he knows it's an option. Now this happened in Thailand. It was a prime minister. Ah, oh, here we go. This is where the buzzer is gonna happen. Prayuth Chan Ocha. Yeah, that wasn't Ooh. too bad. Not too bad. Prayuth. Chan Ocha briefly spoke with an audience outside a government house in Bangkok and he decided at one point to say if you want to ask anything on politics or conflict ask this guy pointing to a cutout of him a cardboard cutout life size of himself uh-huh. he then walked away waving at the journalists and throwing a rock symbol in the air <laughs> as he as he strode <laughs> out people then started taking selfies with the with the cutout and it's something that i guess he does now you know people are really familiar with him doing this to the point where they take selfies with him 
Or, well, okay. with the cutout, not him. Because <laughs> he's not yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, He's replacing yeah, himself with the cutout. He said that he had, like, a small hand-picked audience of people that he does talk to. But he doesn't, like, deal with these larger crowds. He, that's why he's throwing these uh, these cardboard cutouts up there and walking away. It's fucking ridiculous. It, it, I didn't know that was an option. <laughs> it's like some 80s movie scheme. <laughs> So like put sunglasses on it. Yeah, so uh, I'm, gl- I'm glad we haven't gotten to that point over here. In keeping up with Thai news, you'll be glad we didn't get like the next story over here as well. Because uh, there was an incident at a Thai airport recently where a New York man decided to get naked and start terrorizing the airport by destroying displays in all the little goods stores and throwing his old fecal matter. And oh, all the geez. people hanging out at this airport. Wow. Yeah, and uh, apparently the reason this all occurred, it, it all came came out when the man came to, after he apparently blacked out from taking way too many sexual enticing pills, aka Viagra. <laughs> He's ODing on Viagra, and causing a shitstorm. Apparently, yeah, he's saying that he took too many, you know, I'm imagining he took, like, some of those Bodega Viagras, you know, like, fucking Black Rhino, Triple XL. Oh, okay. Fucking, you know, the shit, like, that's just full of God knows what. It's got steroids, it's got ecstasy, it's got everything. Jesus, yeah, grind up. (laughs) Yeah, man, apparently he's blaming it all on that. Why are you taking that at an airport? I don't know why he took that before a flight. Mile I just don't club. understand. Yeah, maybe he was hoping to get lucky. I guess. Break the fucking barriers there. I, I mean, I've heard of people having a shitty time at the airport because they lost their bags and stuff, but this is like a totally different type of shitty time at the airport. This is a really shitty time. Yeah. Like, I, there's. You could take too much weed or something before the airport. You're getting on an airline or whatever. This is a whole new fucking scheme. And he was heading to uh, South Korea, and then his fucking flight got... His whole trip got canceled, unfortunately, because he had to explain what the fuck happened here to the authorities. Like, look, I just ha- I have a boner. That's why I got naked and started throwing shit everywhere. <laughs> like, this is man, easily explained away. 16 hours straight. Yeah, I like, should call a doctor. Who who takes Viagra before they get on, like, a long-ass flight? It just doesn't That's sound what I'm like- saying... It's yeah, got to like, be those bodega ones, because those are a cover-up for, like, they used to be anyway for, like, they would get you, like, some back-ass ecstasy. You know, oh, like, okay. they, weren't, they weren't for sex, they were for, like, mood changing. Oh, okay, some over-the-counter so weird drugs. Yeah, I'm imagining, yeah, he was trying to find a high versus trying to get laid. I mean, and, uh, I, yeah, but, like, when you're buying that shit, you never know really what it is, so... You're taking that risk that you might be the weird dude with the boner sitting next to someone on a flight. Dude. Right, dude? Come on. Why? You can't like, fucking go to your doctor and get some, like, normal calming medication? Yeah. <laughs> Just chill the fuck it's out. It's not that hard. I know. It's well, you know, traveling's stressful. What can you say? It is stressful. I don't... I, it's never been stressful enough for me to pop fucking six black rhinos, <laughs> but, uh... You've never been stressed enough at an airport to get naked and throw your own shit? Unfortunately. Fortunately for you and fortunately for the TSA, you have, you haven't gotten to that point. Nah, unfortunately. But I am going to California in February, so I mean hey. Anything could happen. Just like the woman in our next story who wants to marry her Tetris 
cartridge after her relationship with her calculator, Pierre, broke down in shambles. <sighs> he just he wasn't crunching the numbers right for her? I mean, what was going on? I, well, we'll get to that. I, I Where's guess... Pierre now? That's why I'm more worried about Pierre than the lady. Well, I'll, I'll... Obviously, she moved on way too fucking quick. We'll, fi- we'll, we'll find out the fate of Pierre. Let's not jump ahead. Um, this, this woman, who prefers to go by Fractal Tetris Huracan, uh... Wants to marry a Tetris cartridge who she's been in a relationship with since September of 2016. And she now spends 12 hours a day playing it on websites, on her phone, and on her Game Boy. Which is convenient, because, like, if you are if you need your significant other, you log on. Log on. Right there. Bam. Mm, true. You got it. So, true. I guess... True. It's kind of weird, because she doesn't want to put the abuse on the physical being. Right? No, I guess it's almost like a consciousness that moves between. That's hmm. like, oh, you know, it's there, it's there, it's there. It's like a McDonald's, like they're all over the place. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, it's like you're going to McDonald's, you're in McDonald's, but there's McDonald's everywhere. But what about like if she's like at a game store and somebody buys like a used copy of Tetris in front of her? It's like, you cheating whore! <laughs> I guess so. I didn't think about that. I don't, hmm. Maybe she lets other I don't know. people. Maybe play it's with that her. individual cartridge. With- like maybe. That's the one she's had, like, since the, like, childhood. And, like, she's grown with this cartridge. Yep. That cartridge has seen her through the best and the worst. But, you know, you know she's I mean? had know. she's had relationships with other types of machines before. As we mentioned, the calculator Pierre, which she was in a relationship with for a while, but then shorted mm. out as she was Ooh. cleaning it. So, that sent her into She murdered Pierre. She murdered Pierre, but Tetris was always the guy that was around to take care of the backfall. Yeah. He might be a accomplice, as far as I'm concerned. There's a deeper story here. Yeah, this is like a uh, soap opera. (sighs) Pierre, man. Pierre's gone. I'm willing to bet you, you will not be able to find out where Pierre's being is at this point. He's been been thrown in the trash and recycled. He's in a landfill. She God. and she, you know, she's always had an attraction towards technological devices. She's had feelings for, for monorails, iPods, treadmills, uh, from fifth grade around age ten onward. And she had the first time real feelings towards a Garmin GPS. So she's really like mm-hmm. okay. down with technology, like more so than I, we. Hey, are. I'll say monorails are pretty fucking legit. I've been on them. <laughs> They're I can vouch for them. I've been on them with you. Yeah. We've we been on, on monorails. monorails together, actually, once. I, I have some yeah, strong so feelings towards monorails, not sexually. Mono- but <laughs> no, but, I mean, it's a hell of a rail, you know? So, yeah, this is probably one of the more odd relationships that I've that I've seen. She, you know, she's also been with a uh, o- an oscilloscope named Braxton and uh, the companion cube from the video game Portal. Nice. Yeah. So, that's uh, something you can do these days. Go marry your Tetris cartridge. Well, it's not for everybody. Technology's uh, amazing. Yeah, teach their own. Life finds Technology a way. is amazing. Life finds a way. And uh, in case you're an Oregonian and uh, you're dealing with this crisis of having to pump your own gasoline, God, you could blow up like a ticking time bomb. Well, we've got the solution for you, and it comes via Pixo VR. Now, Pixo is a virtual reality company that specializes in doing things such as training tutorials for hazardous companies 
such as like construction workers or uh, say you work at like a nuclear power plant and you know you got to deal with a meltdown you know crazy things that you you need special training for well this could put you in scenarios that you really you couldn't have any other better way to prepare for well now they've come up with a solution for everybody that's worried about pumping their own gas and they've made an application to help you train to pump your own gasoline into your automobile. It's like you're a real-life firefighter. <laughs> Hell yeah. It doesn't get more exhilarating than this. And if you're a constant gamer, I mean, this is right up your alley. Yeah, it comes uh, from the same people who made Tax Filer 3 and Night, Jan- yeah. and Night Janitor 4, actually. Exactly, exactly, and the, yeah. And the DLC Night, Night Watchmen, the rewatching. Yes. So when you got to yes. watch the tapes exactly. of the dude who was there the night before because they think he did something shady, but he's just sitting there the whole night. <laughs> he's just a normal guy. Yeah, he's just boring as fuck. Yep. He's vanilla. <laughs> well, if this is up your alley, I mean, this this application of VR can help you avoid spillage so that you don't <laughs> fuck up there. I, I do that all the time. I always get gas on the uh, outside of the car. You know, you spray the outside a couple times by accident before you put it in. Like, oh, um, what did I do? Oh my! I'm not gonna lie. I have sprayed myself with gasoline a few times. Oh it's no, it's not pleasant. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I, I'm out there. Well, people forget that um, your gas tank is pressurized, and that it's a uh, the, yep. there's the gases and the vapors too in there. So you exactly. gotta kinda, you gotta burp it a little bit. Uh, yeah, that's why your check engine light will come on sometimes in certain models if you don't click it all the way. Oh yeah. Um, it'll also help you with supervising children inside of the car and pumping your own gas at the same time. So when they're smacking and, each other? Yeah, it'll tell you how to sh- tell them to shut up! <laughs> the louder you yell, yeah. the more calm they stay. Yeah, it'll give you a vocal prompts to, you know, really get your uh, vocab. Scream at your children, watch the pump, look at the price, don't, really go over, don't go over how much it'll- you have in your wallet. It'll tell you how to gouge into their souls and really get them to shut the fuck up. <laughs> and uh, last but not least, it'll teach you using the pump to ward off attackers who may accost you <laughs> while you pump your own gas. I swear to God, this is one of the things on the fucking site. Oh, God. Yeah, so it teaches you a whole shit ton of things <laughs> that you might need to know. Um, I'm, I'm jealous because I was never taught how to use the pump to ward off attackers, so... I'm vulnerable as shit as a gas pump. I feel like Jackie Chan would like pull that off nicely, like fighting at a gas just, station using like the pumps uh, as fucking weapons. I'm just imagining it as like an asshole that like holds the pump and has a zip on the other hand and is like make your fucking move, asshole. I'd be what I'd be like, flailing just, that thing like a like a flail. Like, oh my god! Like, like using it as a blunt object. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're swinging it around that heavy end of it with the with the handle. I guess. I guess that depends on how much hose they give you. If they give you a good length of hose, then you're good with that. You only need as much as it takes for them to get to you. <laughs> get to you. True. Yeah. It's probably more than your arm length. Yeah. <laughs> well, everybody in Oregon, I, w- I would really, I think this is for you. Check out Pixo VR gas pump training. And do and, the uh, finisher move. <laughs> do the finisher. Fatality. Oh man, that's great. So uh, speaking of fighting people, our funny clip has has a man uh, fighting what we can only imagine would be a ghost. I can't help but side with one of the comments. It looks like Stuart from Mad TV 
Except maybe Stuart had found drugs. <laughs> we've all pulled, we've all pulled up and seen some sketchy characters, but have you ever pulled up and seen a sketchy character with the physique of Mike Tyson? <laughs> no. Fuck no. No, this man is the clearly out of, of Stuart his mind. from Mad TV. But he has a he has a, yeah he does he does look a lot like Stuart from Mad TV. It's the haircut. Yeah, it really is. He's got a massive bowl cut going on. So these guys pull up to this dude who's fighting nothing. And he's doing a pretty good job at it. I have to give it to him. <laughs> to the point... <laughs> if, I guess if you could say, he is doing a pretty good job at fighting the air. Yeah, he's doing a really great job <laughs> at fighting nothing. Um, but I will say that these guys commentating deserve a job at Bellator at the least. Sit down next to Joe Rogan at fucking right outside Fuck the octagon. Because, yeah. yeah, they narrate as they pull up to him and... It's perfectly timed because he ends up putting his hands up like he's the damn champion <laughs> of the world, and, and they, they give him they give him a, a round of applause. If they weren't in a car, it would be a standing ovation. This <laughs> this is a perfectly corn, coordinated slice of life, a little piece of Americana for for everyone. Oh yeah, it's golden. So that's our our funny clip of the week. We're going to post that up on Wednesday. I forgot to mention before, on Monday, we will put the Weed News article up on our Facebook. On Wednesday, you will find this champion ghost fighter perusing our, our Facebook page. Hell yeah. Uh, favorite timing, because we're getting ready to go into the green corner. But uh, before we do that, let's have a word from a fellow podcaster. Hi, I'm Mike from the Genuine Chit Chat Podcast, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. I speak to a wide variety of guests, from travellers to musicians, to those afflicted with mental or physical illnesses. There's really no subject that's off-limits, from movies to politics, and even controversial topics ranging from sex to drug reform and political correctness. So if you still believe in the art of conversation, are intrigued by healthy debates with different ideas and perspectives you may not have thought of, and want a podcast where every episode is about something different with a variety of guests, then this may be the podcast for you. You can hear us on YouTube and all your favourite podcast apps, and follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. So if you want to hang out and listen to honest conversations with interesting people, then come to Genuine Chit Chat, where I'm your host, Mike Burton. And now... Let's get to the fucking green corner. Fight! There's been a lot of crazy shit going on in the UFC lately, and I have been very entertained as a fan. Um, I don't know where to start, honestly. First off, let me just say I picked up the UFC fight pass, and I cannot talk about this enough. I've been going on to Jesse about it over and over and over again since I've subscribed. And in turn, I now have access to the <laughs> Yes, UFC exactly. You didn't hear it here, but you might be able to share it with a friend. Blah, 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 blah. Now, <laughs> the UFC Fight Pass, if you're not aware, it's a, it allows you access to an archive of all the fights that have ever occurred in the UFC. They also have Invicta. They have Pride. They have Glory Kickboxing, Cage Warriors, Strike Force, And they also have the Eddie Bravo Invitationals, the Jiu-Jitsu uh, matches, which are oh, really cool. cool. So you really have access to a shit ton of media, and I mean, UFC's been going on for 25 years. We're coming up on the 25th anniversary of the UFC right now, and uh, 2018's a big year for the UFC because of that. I would honestly recommend anybody checking it out, at least for a month or two. You can you can get caught up on every fight ever in history with the UFC Fight Pass. It's only 10 bucks a month. Um, if you're a serious fight fan like I am, you can commit and get it cheaper, you know, down to like 6.99 a month. 
if you commit to like a six month or a 12 month deal oh okay but uh fucking well worth it i'll tell you what um apparently the pay-per-views don't come on until you know a couple weeks after which is fine i understand you're trying to make money off that but i really enjoy being able to go through the archive and see these fighters develop like the other night i spent hours just watching um francis ngano's fights from the beginning to the end like of his career and uh you know stipe and DC, like all the fighters we're going to talk about, I just went through their archives, and it was so easy to just see every fight they've ever been in. That's awesome. You know, that they make it's, it. It's that a beautiful accessible. thing. Yeah, it's it's fucking beautiful. Check out the UFC fight pass. I can't go on about it enough. Um, UFC 219 was insane. Let's talk about that. Cyborg defeated Home. You know, it went all the way, and it came to a decision. It was a great match. Home did not look good after it. Holly had suffered quite the amount of damage to her face and uh, Cyborg cemented herself as the best pound for pound fighter in the women's division or in women's fighting in general rather. And uh, now it's it's actually drawn into an issue where she doesn't have any competitors. There's not <laughs> even any, you know what I found out? There's not even any UFC featherweight, featherweight rankings for the women's division. If you go huh. to the website, it's just not available because they don't really have a division it's kind of shitty. That's, that's odd. Right now, yeah, it's, it's kind of odd. They're working towards getting her to fight Amanda Nunes in a, you know, a champion versus champion match, but we'll see. I don't. Uh, Cyborg wants to get the UFC to dismant an actual division for the featherweights, you know, get more competitors that can actually fa- face her right. versus putting her in another division to fight somebody else that's, you know, weighed down. I was going to say, that's always a pain for the fighters, like having to jump weight classes like that. Yeah, and that, and obviously we've talked about it before, but uh, Cyborg's you know been at the worst of weight cutting. She, you know, she, she had that documentary where it really showed. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about that a few times. Yeah, it's crazy the weight cuts they put these fighters through, and um, you know it's going to be interesting to see if she fights Nunez because that's the only calling that she has because she's ran through everybody else. They could you know they put home up a, a fucking weight class to fight her you know she was uh she wasn't a featherweight you know she that, that's the thing is like she's going up to fight cyborg who's like a fucking beast the biggest woman competitor in mma today yep but we'll see where that goes well the co-main event of that night was another amazing fight uh habib Nurmagomedov. he defeated edson barbosa he outclassed him completely um another fight that went to decision and it was uh it was insane it, habib made barbosa look like an amateur fighter and that's insane because barbosa is one of the, the best competitors there is in a lightweight division and it, it, it just sucks because this, this division is so stacked right now and uh Connor is sitting there with a title holding it hostage like I've talked to you many times before in the McGregor compound yeah it's a nightmare you know ever since he won that title and I think I think we're about a year and a half ago now I think he won it in like December maybe November of last year it's getting crazy you know and uh, not like last year last year the year before last I should say yep some people look confused it's getting kind of ridiculous, you know. He took the box match. That's okay, but now it's he. He wants to wait till fall from all the talk that I've heard. And Dana White saying that's not going to happen. That'll be two years that you've held the title, the title, and you haven't defended it once. So that's it, it would just go up to the between the two top guys of that weight class. Yeah, yeah. So basically, what we're working towards now is that uh, the interim title might become 
the real title, and Tony Ferguson might become the real champion, and he might fight Habib. You know, that might be the real title fight coming up in the next few pay-per-views. Which, I mean, it makes sense, you know, fucking Connor wants to just hold hostage. You made, you know, 100 million plus off that fight with fucking Floyd. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for him to really come back and take the abuse. Yeah, and, and he, you know, he took that time off, like, they're giving him shit about how long he's had a fight with Mayweather. That, like, took up pretty much all of last year, it seemed like. Summer, that was in, like, August. Yeah. Yeah, it did, you know, but it's been a well, you know, I mean, I was in California with you when that happened, and that was how long ago, you know, that was, yeah, so I mean, we're talking, and fights, man, he's ready to fight again, clearly, you know, so, the thing is, you can't hold up the division like that, there's, without a doubt, the UFC's lightweight division is probably, it probably has the highest caliber of athletes out of any division there is right now, so that's the real shitty thing about it, I think that, this this needs to happen ASAP. You know, Connor needs to start thinking about his plan, or they need to fucking vacate that title and and give it to Ferguson, or you know, like whatever they're gonna do with it. Obviously, uh, Ferguson's the interim champion, so he'll probably get the belt. But I think uh, Habib has proven himself. And let me just stop myself before if you don't if you're not fil- familiar with Habib Nurmagomedov, I always fucking butcher his name. Give us give me a buzzer right there. I always butcher it. If you're not familiar with Habib, I want you to go on YouTube. I want you to look up six-year-old Habib fighting a bear, okay? And I want you to see what he was raised like. Habib was raised in Russia. His dad was a very stern man that raised him. And apparently in the area that they grew up in, uh, Zakistan, I think that's what it's called, um, you either have one or two paths. You go down an athletic path, or you go down like a kind of uh, criminal path. So his dad was very stern to keep him down the athletic okay, path out so, of trouble. So if McGregor and fight- so Habib's been trained since he was a very young child in in very very rough conditions. Huh. And honestly, I mean, he it's like taking coal and crafting a diamond. It, that's what I feel like is going on here, <laughs> and I feel like Habib's going to be the champion. No matter what it takes. If Connor comes back and defends against Tony, whatever it takes, I think Habib is going to come into the pitcher and take that title from either guy. I really think he has it. Um, one of the next things I want to talk about, John McCarthy, a common referee, big John McCarthy that you will see in the UFC and Bellator, has now been signed as a color commentator at Bellator. I thought that was quite interesting. Um, big John, he has his own podcast. He's always been involved in fighting. He has his own martial arts school. Um, his podcast, let's get it on, check it out. You can find that out there. It's been around for a few years now. Um, I think it's a great idea. You know, it kind of it's kind of a bittersweet thing. They they got rid of Jimmy Smith, who I have a feeling you'll be seeing in the UFC next to Joe Rogan very soon. I think Joe Rogan had him on the podcast, and he was saying that it was a very bad move. And they were kind of being elusive about where Jimmy's going to go. And I have a very good feeling that Jimmy's going to end up in the UFC because he's a very talented commentator. He knows how to break down fights. He's intelligent and he'll keep you entertained, which is a lot of people don't realize, you know, the the commentators have just smart, just as much of a part in keeping the fight going as the fighters themselves. You know, like that's why Joe, Joe Rogan is so successful is he keeps it going. He adds knowledge to the fight. He's entertaining vocally, 
and he just makes sure to keep it going you know there's never a stale moment he knows to steer how to do that and I think that's a big thing you know you just can't create a guy and uh, yep. you see that a lot in the the MMA world where they're just trying to stick ex-fighters in the commentator world which it makes sense they've been there they're, they've stomped the ground you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't a commentator is a very different ground you got to have the knowledge not even the knowledge you got to have the uh, ability to talk to crowds and still be entertaining you know uh, one thing I like to compare it to is like uh, Dominic Cruz versus uh, Daniel Cormier they're two different guys both fighters that have come to commentating but Dominic Cruz for some reason just seemed so mono to me and DC is so entertaining he adds his personality to the commentating which I think makes the difference and I think John McCarthy is gonna bring bring his personality that people don't normally get to see you know when they see him as a an official in the, in the octagon another thing about John McCarthy a lot of people don't know he was an LAPD officer okay. and uh, he was an instructor he, he had a lot to do with um, I think like uh, SWAT development and shit like that yeah yeah he's a he's a really he's been all over this guy huh. i'd be doing adding another thing to his roster he's going to be playing as a commentator yeah man and uh yeah i can't wait to see i can't wait to see how he works out at bellator i do enjoy bellator um a lot of the fighters from the ufc end up going there and uh before we leave the green corner one thing i wanted to touch on ufc 220 it's gonna be insane i ha- i can't say that i've been more hyped for a main event. I'm looking forward to this one. We're actually thinking about paying for yeah, it. Yeah. Splitting that. We're trying to figure out the logistics of it if we can watch it, you know, simultaneously at the same time and, and uh, on Xbox and all that shit. You might have to just uh, Google Hangouts me and point a, point a phone at the screen. <laughs> yeah, right. Some ghetto. Send you 30 bucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, UFC 220, the two main events have got me just captivated. They're the two fights that I think I've been looking forward to in the past couple of years. First off, we got DC versus Vulcan Ozdemir. Vulcan has just sprung onto the UFC scene in the last year, okay? He he hasn't been around. It's insane. And now yeah, he's fighting say, DC. I didn't recognize that name. Yeah, you wouldn't because, I mean, he just started with the UFC in February of this last year. And now... He's fighting for the light heavyweight title. Vulcan is an amazing competitor who, if you watch all of his fights in the UFC, he puts people to sleep with punches that look like he's just barely touching guys. So it's either like he's rigging the fights or he's just got some creepy strong power in very tight corners. Maybe it's like one of those like one-touch monk hits. The, yeah, where it's like, you know, one-inch punch. Put, yeah, exactly, the one-inch punch fucking craziness man you know it's it's crazy to see and i always love when the newcomer comes and shakes up the ground vulcan unfortunately has added himself into a little bit of legal issues in the last few months he got into a bar brawl with some guy and apparently it was oh shit it was all like self-defense but he's still sorting this out and uh he had to surrender his passport which is uh pretty shitty it's weird how often uh MMA and UFC competitors end up getting in fights that are self-defense. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's very, it seems very common. It's common, but here's the thing: it's unfortunate. As soon as like uh, any of the prosecutors realize that you're a professional fighter, you're fucked. Because, and I saw it in this one because I watched all of these court videos, which are accessible like all over YouTube. 
Um, the the prosecutors were like, he's an MMA fighter, a professional fighter. Um, we don't think he should have bail at all or bond. You know, they were just trying to hammer the fucking guy right away because he got into a physical altercation and he had, yeah. you know, fighting Well, I guess they're, they're trying to expect him to have more restraint since mm, true. he was trained. Well, he got lucky and a judge is, like, kind of on his side. You know, she was like, there's no reason for this to not have bond, you know, like, this is insane. Right. He was held overnight, like, it was. he was held way too long for some stupid shit. Huh. And, uh, you know, honestly, I've heard this before, it's a common theme, like, if a guy realizes, he, you know, he's altercating with a fighter, he's a little more edged up, like, he's got something to prove. You know, it happens a lot as a fighter, like, I've heard stories of Rampage Jackson and fucking Chuck Liddell in bars, and, you know, the person knows who they are, but they still want to start shit because they want to fucking one-up a professional fighter. What, yeah, you know? what do you what do you think? You're going to take on an MMA fighter in a bar and that's going to yeah. be like your lifetime achievement? Maybe drinking muscles. I don't know, man. Yeah, that's going to gonna be a great way to find a bottle down your fucking throat. Yeah. And, you that's know, terrible. Watching any of Ozdemir's fights, I'm sure the guy, whoever was dumb enough, Kevin Cohan, that's the name. I'm sure. Wait, what? Uh... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, they did give up the name. I felt bad for the guy. Um, he uh, he learned the hard way, you know. Like, you don't fuck with a guy. You know, you can push a guy a certain amount. And if he happens to be a UFC fighter, that's probably going to be the next UFC light heavyweight champion. You're probably going to get fucked up. Yeah, don't mess with him. Don't mess with him. So that'll be interesting. Hit, uh, Cormier versus Ozdemir. Ozdemir, knockout power versus DC, a guy who has, he's a former heavyweight champion who fights at late heavyweight now, so he has no problem throwing away big guys. It's going to be interesting to see. You know, I can't wait for this match. But the match that I am beyond excited for, Stipe Miocic, our firefighting hero, has a challenger, and I'm fucking worried. Francis Ngannou. (laughs) Seems to be like a villain out of a fucking Rocky movie. Oh, he's not a villain. I he, like him. I think he's, he's like a, good a rising guy. comet out I, of Africa. He's a very good guy. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of Francis. I shouldn't. I should put tell you that first. But I mean, the way this guy is living at the UFC Performance Institute, they are bringing the best of science and strategy to this guy. Like, it's insane. They got him hooked up to machines. They got him training in the most technical ways possible. He was there every day, like of every every day of the week, for eight months straight. He's heading back to Paris for the last stretch of his training right now. This okay. guy is insane. He's like a combination of uh, fucking Alistair Overeem, Brock Lesnar, and fucking I don't know another fucking greatest technical striker. I don't know. This guy has been in the game for a few years. He didn't decide to start fighting professionally until 2013. That's when he started training. Okay? We're talking about a guy that's been in the business less than five years, and he's about to go on and fight the heavyweight champion of the UFC. The baddest dude in the fucking planet as dubbed. And I think rightfully so. And you also mentioned that he started out homeless, right? So, Francis Ngannou, like, let me give you a breakdown of this guy. I just, I feel the need to. He was, he was born in Cameroon, a very, very poor country in Africa. It's a French province. He moved to Paris right before he turned 20, and uh, he was homeless for quite a bit, where he found, you know, he found luck because uh, an MMA coach decided to take him in. Um, 
Apparently, Ngannou had an interest in becoming a boxer. He loved Mike Tyson. He wanted to do something big for that. You know, he wanted okay. to, he wanted to make a name for himself and, and put uh, Cameroon on, on the map. Where so, is Cameroon on the map exactly? So it's uh, the neighboring country <laughs> Not to, to, the, be ignorant, to the east but... <laughs> of Nigeria. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So it's Central Africa. It's small, right? I'm, it's I'm very guessing, small. That, um, I, I population of about 29 million. So it's not too, too small. It's a good okay. population. Um, it's a decent-sized country that's under French influence. You know, they use the Frank. They speak French. Um, yeah, I was going to say, after his Alistair Overeem fight, he got the uh, chance to, A, thank his opponent, Alistair, and he gave him a hug. That was the first thing he did when he got the mic, which I just thought was super fucking hella respectful. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, I, that's I, one thing I overskipped about talking about Ozdemir. Um, he, Vulcan Ozdemir, he was roommates with Alistair. And Alistair, oh, shit. Ta- Alistair took him over his wing, under his wing, and that's what half the reason why I think that guy is a fucking monster. A lot okay. of people don't realize that. Is Alist- Vulcan moved to the Netherlands and became roommates with um, Alistair Overeem and trained with him. And he no learned way. a lot under his wing. A lot of people now, don't know that. Uh, back to Ngano, though, he laid Alistair out. Alistair opened so, up to him okay. uh, with like a left to the ear that was sloppy as fuck. Left himself open. And he just caught one that put him out for like a good minute. Yeah, both... Both Stipe and Francis have both <laughs> defeated Alistair. Um, the thing is, Francis defeated Alistair in a very freaky, quick way. And it was very powerful. Just like the last few of his fights. It seemed like the, the first two fights in the UFC, he was very um, calculated and slow. And then mm-hmm. after that, he found his spot. And everybody after that hasn't lasted past the first round with him. <laughs> I don't blame it. He's, he, a, he's a beast. He's a beast. Uh, the way he he put Anthony Hamilton into a Kimura by pure physical force, standing and then slammed him on the ground and yanked his arm behind his back. And I'm talking Anthony. Anthony Hamilton is a big fucking man. <laughs> he is like a six foot, like six fucking... You know, like, Damn. probably walks around 260 pounds normally. Like, a big dude. And he just fucking Jeez. cranked his arm like it was nothing. And it was like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> like, Francis Ngannou is a monster. Not to mention that he has broken the machine at the facility for the UFC. The uh, Performance <laughs> Institute. Um, there's, like, this um, this machine that mentions the highest punching power, okay? Okay. In units. And uh, he's broken the record. First... It was broken by uh, kickboxing champion, champion Tyrone Spun, and uh, which was around 114,000 units. Okay, I don't know what okay. the measurements are, um, but he hit it at about 129,000 units. Okay. Well, one thing I do know that these uh, equivalent to is that apparently his punch, Ngannou, apparently his punch mm-hmm. is equivalent to 93 horsepower, and Dana White says it's about. Damn. A Ford Escort hitting you full fucking speed. Jeez. That's the equivalent, yeah. That's insane. I think that's a little bit excessive, but still, regardless, this guy is obviously a big issue. Stipe, he's a former Golden Glove champion, um, wrestling background. I don't know how Another gonna... really good guy. Fucking amazing. You know, and he, the thing is, if he beats him, he goes cemented as the best heavyweight champion of all time. He's tied right now for the most title defenses in the heavyweight division for two, believe it or not. Because heavyweights okay. don't last, man. They do not last. I don't know why. No. 
It just it doesn't happen. And uh, the hits he, are a lot he's tied harder. with Brock Lesnar, Kane Velasquez, a few other guys. Wow. Uh, so it, this is either going to make or break him. And uh, I, I know we won't see the end of Stipe even if he loses, but I'm worried for the guy. This is fucking insane. He's coming up against a challenger who is hungry. Who has, it's going to be intense. Who has been dedicated. And from what I saw, honestly, Stipe didn't change his uh, fighting regime, his camp at all. So it's another thing that worries me. Okay, I'm I'm really interested to see how it turns out. I, I feel like Francis Ngannou is gonna unfortunately I think, wipe the floor with Stipe. I think we're looking at the next big thing in the UFC heavyweight division, and uh, you know, I it sucks because I really like Stipe, but I just I don't see him surviving this. We'll see. We'll see how it works out in UFC 220. Oh yeah. So tune in. I know we will be. It's going to be the, oh, the yeah. best event of the year, as far as I can see, anyway. So far. So far. Now, before we leave the green corner, we're going to touch on the celebrity beef of the month. Now, what I've chosen isn't exactly a beef, but I got a kick out of it. And uh, so did Card- Cody Garbrandt, as he was kicked in the mouth from Jean-Claude Van Damme as they were having a friendly goddamn sparring session. Another Jean-Claude Van Damme issue. Jean-Claude, you're just pissing off everybody, man. You pissed off the Green Ranger. Now you're pissing off the former Bantamweight champion of the fucking world. Jean-Claude, Va- Jean-Claude Van Goddamn. Van Goddamn. Cut it out, man. You better cut it out, man. Well, apparently they were having a friendly sparring session and uh, they were, you know, throwing a bunch of different fucking kicks and punches. And Van Damme just went a little too hard and fucking kicked Cody right in the mouth, right in the fucking teeth. And uh, Cody flipped out right away. You know, he was he was pretty pissed off from the uh, event. Apparently, he calmed down after, and everybody was laughing. He had you know his whole team in the cage with him as he was doing a sparring, including Uriah Faber, former UFC fighter. Oh wow! And uh, who you know who's on Team Alpha Male. And, uh, I can't believe he kicked him square in the fucking teeth, though. That's, that's ridiculous. I'm just sick of Van Dam running around, flaunting himself like he's the best in the goddamn world. Somebody needs to it's knock time, him out. It's time to pass the torch, Van Dam. That's what You're we have done. to say. You're done, Van Dam. And somebody's we're gonna, taking away your legs. We're taking them away. We're cutting you at the knee. <laughs> You're done. Pop, pop him in a wheelchair and never let him in a movie again. Never. That's You're it. starting too much shit with people. You're fucking out of here. No more Street Fighter. Street Fighter 3, get out of here, you fuck. <laughs> so we'll keep you up to date on all of the celebrity beefs in, uh, in the green corner throughout oh, yeah. the month. And uh, for now, that's it. That's the green corner. Now it's time to talk about some video games. Oh, yeah. Game over. First off, we want to start with our current obsession, and that'd be Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, or PUBG, as we'll refer to it from now on. They've had some patches recently for the Xbox One and the Xbox One X for PUBG, and it's running a lot better now. Its graphics are a little bit better, uh, weapon damage to vehicles has been upgraded, 
you can, I guess, toggle music on and off, which I haven't quite figured out how to do yet. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet, but I definitely have noticed the difference in the rendering and uh, crashing issue has been pretty much solved. There's but, way more detail, and the lighting is way better as well. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely making the game a lot more enjoyable. And that's the first big patch, really, right? Well, for the yeah, for I would game. say they had one other big patch that I think just rendered a few things, you know, small changes with vehicles or this or that, really buttoning in the the first patch you know it's always haywire yeah. when these games release at first there's always things that yeah and there were a lot up. of glitches in the mm. in the initial release but it's so a many. uh it's what, what do they call it a, pr a pre preview no oh, there you go it's a game preview and uh the best way to explain that what a game preview is at least on xbox i don't think ps4 has to deal with this bullshit you get a game that's half built so most likely you're going to be fighting a you're, game to get it you're to a beta properly. tester yeah, you're a bit And, you but know, it, when the game rolls out, you get it, you know, the full copy for the half price mark. Yeah, and it's gotten better over, over time. There's been uh, these improvements that they've been rolling out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't I know. Think, I'm, I think it's I'm worth excited it. to see it because it's only going to get better. It's only going to get better, and I think it's well worth it to deal with these small issues to pay half the price for the game that's going to be 60 bucks. And, uh,. Especially with Pop, it wasn't that bad. You know, there were some crashes and shit, but the game was playable. <laughs> there were a lot say. of crashes. A lot of crashes, but the game was still playable, you know? It wasn't every game. So, uh, make sure you go check out PUBG if you got 30 bucks on you and an Xbox, uh, Xbox One or Xbox One X. But now, if you have a Xbox Gold membership, we got some games with gold for January to tell you about. Oh, yeah. The first one that we have available is the adventure, the Incredible Adventures of Van Helsing 3, and this is for the Xbox One, from, and it's available for all of January, so from the 1st to the 30th. It's a uh, top-down, sort of arcade uh, RPG, if you will. You can team up with other players and run through uh, hordes of enemies and make your way on this map, and it's all from like that third-person overview. Okay, so it's a hack and slash them over it. Exactly. And you know what? It's uh, it's like 12 gigs on the hard drive, so it's a, it takes up a little bit of space. If you have a couple of friends to play it with, I'd give it a shot. It got a 6 out of 10 on Steam and 6 out of 10 on GameSpot. Okay. so It's, it's not game. it's not really my style. I would say the next one is a lot closer to what I've, I've enjoyed recently. Mm. And that would be Tomb Raider Underworld, which is actually an Xbox 360 game. The graphics aren't too bad. It, it's in line with what you imagine for Tomb Raider. Not the most recent ones, but mm. the, the yeah past yeah. titles. Yeah, that secondary series. Um, I, I've heard a lot of fans were really into the storyline of uh, the series of Tomb Raider. And they were disappointed that the series got rebooted into that new one. Which I've got to say, the new one has like... I, I like the new one. It is, but it's not Tomb Raider. Um, like, I grew up on Tomb Raider. And it was like one of the first games that I had on PlayStation 1 that I really like enjoyed. And I played every one of the series. Um, there was like a certain aspect, more puzzle solving. Like, there was moments where you would just get stuck trying to figure out fucking certain, like, environments, how to get past to the next, like, section. Right. You that's know? that's what Underworld's a lot more like. Exactly. It's, a, it's a, more like that classic style. Yeah, and I think a lot of people appreciate that. Um, I'm excited about this one. I'm downloading it, and I'm probably going to play it all the way through. 
just because I'm a Tomb Raider nerd. Yeah, and make sure you grab it before the 15th, because it's only available for the first half of the month from the 1st until the 15th of January. Very short time. Uh, the, the next title that we have available is Army of Two, which we've uh, actually had a chance to play these titles. They're, yeah. they're a lot of fun. They are a lot of fun. I do like Army of Two. It's a third-person shooter-type uh, video game, and you can play with a friend. Uh, clearly, it's called Army of Two. You can play the co-op and kind of help each other move through the story. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I liked it. It's cool, cool plot. Uh, good graphics. And, yeah, it's like a mix play, of... Playability up there. Yeah, it's like a mix of shooting of, like, uh, Gears of War and, like, maybe uh, Tom Clancy game. You know? Right. It's or, like, like, Resident Evil and, mm, like... Yeah. Metal Gear Solid or something. Yeah, yeah. It's a fun game for you and a buddy. Like, two people. It's yeah. Definitely. Uh, the last one that's available for January is called Zombie. That's Z-O-M-B-I. It's for the Xbox One. It's available from the 16th of January until the 15th of uh, February, actually. So this one's available for quite some time. And this is a first-person survival horror video game. Okay. That sounds intriguing. Where you're, uh, you know... It originally, I think, released for the Wii U. Oh, really? Because it was shitty. There's a title called Zombie U, and then there's Zombie. So I'm guessing Zombie is the title that Ubisoft made for Xbox and PlayStation. Okay. And it takes place in London. There's zombies coming after you. It's, uh... I don't know if you can fight back or not. I didn't get a chance to look that deep into like, it, you know, but like, I am excited to give this one a try. Just one of those survival games where you just gotta, like, get away. Try to live. <laughs> yeah, like, fucking, uh, out, Outlast. See, I gotta be able to fucking kill. I gotta be able to stab, shoot, like, I don't want a monster <laughs> around me that's invincible. Get that out of here. Psh. It's like, alright, go and find that key down there somewhere. Yeah, and don't get, no weapons. don't get jumped by the boogeyman that's in the basement. Shit's terrifying. And, uh, but that's it. So we got uh, Incredible Adventures of Van Helsing, available to the 31st Tomb Raider, Underworld available to the 15th, Army of Two available to the 31st, and Zombie U available from the 16th to the 15th of February. Oh, Make sure yeah. Check those out. Check them out. And uh, once you're done checking them out, I think you should check out our plugs, because this is about the wrap of this show. Oh, yeah. And uh, you can start out by checking out our Facebook page at American Slacker Podcast, where you can also find the American Slackers group, where you can chime in and have a conversation with all the other slackers out there. And there's all kinds of good shit going on there. Don't forget to check out the Instagram, where you can find the promos for every show that we do and a bunch of other interesting images. And also, the main hub, ASPodcast.com or AmericanSlackerPodcast.com whichever you choose you can keep in touch with us and uh, see what we're up to you can also check us out on Twitter and Reddit at A-M-E-R-S-L-K-R Podcast all of our episodes are uploaded to YouTube where you can subscribe to us and catch them there or go to iTunes and subscribe where you can rate and review us five stars and nothing and please tell a friend to do so as well and uh, if you want to get in touch with us, send us an email. AmericanSlackerPodcast at gmail.com. We will get back at you promptly. And uh, if you're feeling the need to boogie, I got you. We got you. 
check out the Spotify playlist, American Slacker Podcast, and you will find every artist that's ever been featured on the show and a few that have been on the show to talk with us. Yeah. And if you want to become a Patreon sponsor of the show, we would greatly appreciate everything you do to support us. There's some awesome rewards. We're planning on adding more. We're revamping our design so we can get some stickers out to you guys. There's all kinds of content on there. Matt's done some live show stuff that you can find on there. We're going to have more Growcast type things uh, from a collaboration we're doing with another show. So there's plenty of stuff on there to entice you to, uh, you know, just maybe think about throwing us a dollar each month. We'd appreciate it. Hell yeah. Goes a long way. And uh, if you want to see what else we're up to, check out our personal shit. You can find me on Instagram at MWGmedia. And you can find me on Snapchat and my Xbox gamer tag at G from HP. And you can find me on Instagram, Snapchat, and Xbox at Landers the Plane. Alrighty, that's it. And uh, we love every one of you. And thank you so much for tuning in, live stream or not. Check out the Instagram live stream. We haven't done a shout out the show. I want to uh, let everybody know we will be doing a live stream on Instagram. You can check out usually on Wednesdays or Thursdays. And we'll try to be good about getting that out to you. But, uh, yeah, until next time, that's it. There you go. Should I hit it with the uh, with the script? Hit it with the script. Lay it down on me. <laughs>